taste that the Lord is good. Come and taste that the Lord is good.
Could we just have the last verse back up, the um, one, literally the last one which was just up? Thank you, that. Uh, no, sorry. That's it. Wonderful. I just want to encourage us to take hold of Jesus today. He's here. We're being reminded of him. We're being reminded of all that he's done for us. We're saying, be still and behold him. What does that mean? Take hold of him. Literally, he is here for us to take hold of today. He wants to encounter us and meet with us today. And maybe you need to know that he's Messiah, the one who has saved us. And you need to take hold of that, that I'm saved because of his grace. I'm saved because of his mercy. Maybe you need to uh, take hold of him because he is the roaring lion. You know you've got one who will defend you, one who looks out for you, one who has all power and authority. He's not just the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God. He's not just the Lamb of God. He's this roaring lion who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And he's the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning and the end. He was here before and he'll be way after, if you can get that. He's sufficient in all his ways. He's a risen saviour. I just feel now I'd like to encourage us just to pause. And wherever you're at today, take hold of Jesus afresh. There's fresh grace. There's fresh mercy available. You may be feeling, I'm filthy, dirty, Lord. I've, I've, I've got, got it all wrong again. And his grace, God will forgive if, if we come and repent. Brothers, we need to know that peace of God which passes all understanding. Let's just pause now and be quiet.
and take hold of him. As we come and take hold of him, let him take hold of you. He wants to carry us in each and every one of our circumstances. He wants us to know his love, which passes all understanding. That peace of God, that grace of God, that mercy of God, but also the holiness of God. Great just wanting to embrace us and to remind us of these things and let him come by his spirit take hold of you in whatever situation you're in today it could be really good it could be really bad and everything in between it doesn't matter he wants to come and embrace you remind you you're a loved child of God you're precious that he is sufficient and I'm just to remind you that he is sufficient for all our circumstances we surrender ourselves to you Lord everything we have all of our circumstances our situations our cares our worries our hopes our dreams everything that makes up our lives, our friends, our families. We surrender all that we are to you. Fill us this day afresh with your spirit, we ask. Fill us with your love. With your grace. our eyes on you great I am mighty God holy one and we worship you Take your seats, please. Thank you, band. We're going to be spending a, a few minutes in prayer in a moment. But uh, So what have I picked out of this morning so far? When Roger came up and started, he reminded us of the, the move of the Spirit in Pensacola and how he'd attended and there was a real sense of expectation, but he also reminded us that can, God can move anywhere. Nathan then said about his regular trips to Nero, and, but you know, said that he felt God was saying, you know, just as the guy, uh, the barista said 
knew what he wanted, he reminded us that God knows what we want and that God can supply what we need. And then Andrew's just been up and reminded us to take a hold of Jesus, but that he is sufficient for us. And it really ties in with what I felt God was wanting me to pray about this morning because uh, I felt led to this passage of scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 7, and this is Jesus' words starting at verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I'm just going to spend a little bit of time in prayer now. We're going to, uh, I want you to look, firstly, just praying for ourselves, then our community, and then our nation. But the, they're, they're going to be very similar themes. So let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you that you have said you will pour out your spirit on each one of us. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would encourage. You would Im- make us bolder to demonstrate your love, Lord, to those around us. And help us to share your salvation message that Jesus died on a cross for each and every one of us. Help us to know the leading of your Holy Spirit each and every moment of our lives. To know, Lord, that we can trust you in that. And uh, help us just to be obedient to that still small voice in our lives. Lord, I want to pray for our community, this town, the villages and beyond, Lord. I pray that there will be a real sense of peace across this community. Your peace, Lord. Something maybe that's tangible that those who don't know you yet would experience and wonder why and would be asking, where's this from? Lord, I pray that uh, there would be a challenge going out to people, this community, of where am I at in my life? What's it all about? That there would be a real stirring in people's spirits, a seeking after you, Lord. And I pray in this community, you, Lord, would be glorified. And Lord, our nation, in difficult, very difficult times, as is the whole world, Lord, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit. Lord, I pray for a turning back to you across this nation. Folk that would have previously said they were yours, but have turned away. I pray, Lord, for a turning back and inclining towards you across this land. Pray, Lord, for lives transformed, renewed to be more like Jesus. And Lord, that you would be glorified across this land. Lord, I thank you that as we ask, you have heard our prayers. You know what we need. You know what this community and this nation needs. Lord, pour out your spirit, I pray, upon us all. Amen. Going to hand over to Rob. 
Thank you, Sean. Let's leave this in prayer. First slide up there. Thank you. Lovely. I've got different glasses on today, so I'm just looking around the room and I can see faces today because I'm very long-sighted, but usually if I'm wearing reading glasses, I can only see what's in front of me. So now I can actually look down and see the, the, the text there and I can look up and see smiling faces. So that's great. That's fantastic. That's an encouragement. So let's just think about last week because we've been doing a series uh, in Romans and the title today is Dwelling in Grace, Dwelling in Grace. But I just wanted just to start by just recapping briefly on what Sean was speaking to us about last week in terms of righteousness through faith. And he gave us a very useful description of Rome and how the church was established in Rome on the festival of Pentecost. And he showed us, didn't he, that God's righteousness is received through faith because Jesus has become our righteousness. It's not ours in the sense of We don't deserve it, but he has become our righteousness. We are guilty as charged. But Jesus has taken our place, and there is now no condemnation for us in Christ. And that's fantastic news, isn't it? It's wonderful. Every time I think about that, it just fills my heart with excitement and joy. But I know that sometimes we have real problems with this incredible truth, because it seems too simple and the very idea of somebody saying to us you are righteous makes us feel uncomfortable because we know we can never meet that standard in our own strength so we can find it hard to believe sometimes that Jesus has done everything on our behalf just so that we can be acceptable to God the Father because we feel we need to continue to do more It's almost like there must be something more I have to do to continue to be accepted by God rather than thinking about and receiving his grace. So at times we can struggle. We find it hard to dwell in God's grace, which is given freely for us. And that struggle can prevent us from being close to God. And then I know sometimes I've felt then I need to be better. I need to improve. Almost, I need to redeem myself because I find it difficult to accept such a wonderful gift from God. And if I'm not careful, I'm thinking, I've got to try harder. I've got to read the Bible more. I've got to pray more. I've got to try and give more to people around me. I've got to try not to get cross and angry. That's difficult. With my inability to do enough for God. And so I end up trying harder and harder, and then eventually we feel like this isn't working. And of course it isn't. And we feel like we've just failed completely. And it isn't working because it's all about our effort rather than accepting the free gift of God's grace. Free gift. So then I need to think about that, and I need to remember who God is, who God is. God is without fault. God is good. And when, God, when we say God is good, 
We know that that doesn't mean he's just okay or he's nice or even he's, he's all right. It means that God is the creator of everything in the world. And he declared on seven occasions, it's written in Genesis, it is good. His creation is good. All of his creation was pleasing to him. It was perfect. No fault. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he is perfect without fault. He is holy without sin. No one can ever compare to him. He's incomparable. He's absolute. He's faultless. He's flawless. Indescribable. Immaculate. Impeccable. Irreproachable. Consummate. Superior. Indefatigable. Inerrant. Infallible. Irreproachable. Unsurpassed. Unerring. Unfailing. He is absolutely perfect. The words can go on and on to describe our wonderful God who is without fault. So when we do what God wants of us, when we are responding to him and being obedient to him, we are not doing God a favor, are we? He has no need of us. But he chooses us. He chooses us. He chooses to use us to further his kingdom. And we are simply doing what our Father and Creator asks of us. Because of his love, we choose to be constantly seeking to be in his presence and doing his will. It's not about us trying harder. It's about God's love and our response to God's love. And isn't it wonderful that our Father desires to have and to maintain a deep love relationship with each one of us? Every single one of us, that deep love relationship. He loves to hear our voices. He loves to hear our praise, to communicate with us, to know us as his children, because he is our heavenly father. We should have somewhere where we are, Romans chapter 3. So Romans chapter 3 says, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. There it is in black and white. It's so exciting, isn't it, to see that is God's truth for us. We will never be justified and accepted with God in our own strength and our own efforts. It's only through God's wonderful grace and his grace alone that we are justified freely and declared, declared righteous. When I was thinking about this, I just became really sad to think about how many Christians there are, and I included myself in this times in the past, who sometimes find it really difficult to accept that freedom, that we are freely and completely justified by God's grace. It almost seems too good to be true. And some people almost turn away from that because they say, it can't be that easy. It's really upsetting, isn't it? Because if we love Jesus and recognize what he promises in terms of God's grace for us, we are set free. And if you're set free, surely we should always be full of rejoicing. And yet too often God's people still feel 
I need to be doing more to be accepted by God. And I was thinking, what can we do to have that special closeness with him that is so precious if we feel we've lost that, if we feel like it's just all about our effort? How can we get back to just recognizing God's special closeness with us so that he is precious to us again? We want to be close to God, but sometimes he seems far away. And the first thing we need to do is just remember that is not God's desire. He doesn't desire for us to feel distant from him. He doesn't desire that we should feel far away. He so wants to have a close, personal relationship with us. There's a wonderful Christian author called Tim Keller, you may have heard of. He's a, a church leader in the States who has an amazing way of talking and writing about God, which is, enables us to really understand God more clearly. And I just want to share uh, a short paragraph from one of his books, The Prodigal Prophet. He says, How can we be freed from our idols, self-salvation, self-justification, which are so fragile and subject to circumstances? Only through the grace of God, which cuts us to the quick, but lifts us higher than the heavens, grounding our happiness and our identity in the unchanging love of the Father. The gospel holds out to us the prospect of a self-worth not achieved, but received. While we maintain all of our identifications with our own race, our nationality, our gender, family, community, and other connections, the most fundamental thing about us is that we are sinners saved by grace. In ourselves, we are lost, flawed, and undeserving, but in Christ, we are completely accepted and delighted in the one in the universe we adore the most. When we come to Jesus, he deals with everything. And we need to let God speak into our hearts and let his word seek, sink into our hearts so we can really live that out. Now, we probably all feel at times that we've really let the Lord down in different ways. But we're all members of the same body. And we all need to seek that forgiveness from his throne of grace so we can once more walk in his grace, in his love, so that we can more willingly serve Christ and serve the body of Christ. And when we become introspective and start judging ourselves and thinking we're not good enough, we can spoil that special relationship, that intimate relationship we have with the Father. But again, we can also spoil the relationship we have each other with the rest of the body of Christ. His church. So the Lord desires that we recognize the gifts that God has given to us, different gifts, and through his grace and mercy, we can draw close to him again. Grace abolishes guilt. Let's think that again. Grace abolishes guilt. It abolishes a fear of failure. Christ is our worthiness. Nothing more, nothing less. That is the only way we can be worthy through Christ. So Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. There's a subtitle in the text of the NIV, Humble Service in the Body of Christ. 
For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying according to your faith. It is serving, then serve. It is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So in Christ, we have the grace and the power to be part of the body of Christ and to serve each other in the body of Christ. If we are going to avoid thinking of ourselves more worthy than we ought, the word says we should rather think of ourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has given us. And we do this through God's grace. It's amazing to think that amongst us we have lots of different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And grace is the key to humble service in the body of Christ. And if we act through God's grace, we can serve each other in humility. And that's what God desires, that we receive his grace and live according to the faith that God has given to each of us. Are we using these gifts? Or are they being left on one side for another time? They're given to us according to God's grace, but we need to be stepping out and using the precious gifts that God has given to each of us for the glory of God. True service in the body of Christ is the result of God's grace. It's not about what we do, how we do it, whether we try harder. True service, serving each other in the body of Christ, is only through God's grace. And aren't you glad that we're all different? I'm glad that everyone's different to me, I can tell you, because <laughs> you see the worst of yourself, don't you? But isn't it great that we are all different? We have different backgrounds, different experiences, different characters, different strengths, different weaknesses. But in Christ, we are of one body. We are together, and we belong to each other. So through his grace, we can all serve each other, and we can become a strong body, able to have an impact on those around us as we serve those who have not yet found their Savior. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of that section in John 21, Jesus and Peter. Oops, my iClicker's not working. Sandy, can we move that one? Just slow, just never mind. Jesus... Sorry, Peter denied being a disciple, didn't he, of Jesus? He decided that, denied that three times when he was challenged by people. When I read that, I think Peter must have been absolutely distraught when he realized what he had done. When we look at John 21, we can see how Jesus responds to Peter's actions. Is Jesus ready to punish, ready to disown him, ready to walk away? Does he ignore what Peter has done and just move on? 
He challenges Peter, and then he reinstate, reinstates Peter through his grace. It says there in verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter's reaction is interesting, isn't it? He was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I find this passage really reassuring. Peter knew in his weakness that he had sinned, but he sought forgiveness from Jesus. And Jesus took him to the point where Peter would know that he had been forgiven through grace. The fact that he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And three times the response was there demonstrates how much Jesus loved Peter and wanted to show that forgiveness through grace. Peter was hurt, but he also knew his relationship with the Lord was forever restored. The Lord not only accepted him unreservedly, but he also gave him a new calling to take care of and to feed his sheep. How gracious. What a beautiful restoration of his relationship with God. What an amazing example of God's grace in action through Jesus. And that's the fantastic thing, isn't it? That same grace, no different, no more, no less, that same wonderful grace is available to each and every one of us. There's no limit. can never be exhausted. Whatever we have done, we can come to the Lord in repentance and seek his grace and know that we are forgiven and know that God is restoring us. You see, whatever the enemy may sort of say to us through different conversations we have with people, there is nothing that can prevent us from being restored in our relationship with God. Whatever we have done, whatever we do, however, whatever fault we have, there is nothing that can overcome God's grace. God's grace is absolutely infinite. It is available for us all the time, at every moment. Let's just pray. Father God, we just want to bless you this morning. Father, sometimes we can take grace for granted. Sometimes we seem to think that it's not enough for us for the things that we have done. Sometimes we don't even think we deserve your forgiveness. Father, I ask that you would show us what your grace is really all about for us, that we can really understand your grace and understand 
how to live and move in your grace so that we can be different, Lord. We don't have to be the people we are that we don't like or the parts of us that we don't like, but we can receive your grace to be different, to grow closer to you, to grow deeper in you, to know more of your love and your acceptance. Lord, if there are times where we find it difficult to accept your grace, we ask that you would be able to reveal yourself to us, reveal your grace, so we can reach out to you and know your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, it was interesting when I was sort of preparing this, uh, I think it must have been about nine, ten days ago, Christine got in touch to say that she had an activity she'd like to offer to us today, which actually fits in very well with what we've been speaking and thinking about in God today. So I'm going to pass over to Christy now, who's going to take us through that. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Rob. Today is a day for moving on, for leaving behind things that are holding us back, and for moving on. And that's what this activity is about. The very first song that we sang, um, we sang, what can be better than the grace that washes all our sins away? And we can have our sins washed away. But some of us, although we know it up here, find it difficult to actually move on from some of the things we've done wrong or from the way we were. And today's a day for doing that. So this activity is to help you. Some of you might not want to take part in it. Just respond to God in worship. But uh, Psalm 103 says that God has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And Micah 7 says that God will trample our sins under his feet and throw them into the sea. So the activity I've got... Somewhere in here, there's an acetate. I've lost it. Little sheets of acetate and pens, special pens. And the idea is that you can write on the acetate. So I've written on my sin. And then there's bowls of water. There's one over there, one at the back. One over there. You can put the acetate into the water and you will see God wash it away. That might be a sin that you keep, it keeps coming back to your mind. You know you've asked for forgiveness, but you can't seem to lose it. Or it might be some shame for something that's happened to you. Or it might just be you want to leave behind something and move on. It's up to you what you write on the acetate or even whether you write anything at all. Um, Nathan's going to lead us in a worship song, so if you don't want to respond like that, then it's fine. Just ask, give people a bit of space, don't look over their shoulders in case they're writing something embarrassing. Um, But there's plenty of time as we worship for you to go and write something and see God wash it away. Thanks, Nathan. Right, we're going to sing All My Days and we'll sing this song of gladness. Let's stand to our feet.
in verse 2 again. I will trust in the cross. seats as we come to a close now first yeah, if God has been speaking to you and you want someone to pray with you someone to talk you can do it with somebody you came with or come along and somebody in the front here will be more than welcome to listen to you to pray with you please don't miss the opportunity don't let it go if God is speaking to you this morning this coming Saturday, the 15th of October, there's a, an exploring membership time together. It's from 9 till 2 in the Maltings here, and there is a light lunch provided. If you want to come because of the lunch, they want no numbers, you can sign up on a sheet on the table over there or email Karen. 
You'll also see it along with all, everything else that's going along within church in Karen's update that comes out. Another thing, if you don't receive it, I was going to say email at Karen, but you probably won't know her email address. So if you don't know that, come and speak to one of us and we'll, or one of the welcomers and they will be more than welcome to give you the email address. If you were handed a, a welcome pack when you came in, in it was a connect card. If you'd like to fill that in with your details, then somebody from within the church will contact you and then you stay in touch. The last important thing, parents, don't forget to collect your children. <laughs> if you need prayer, or if you'd like prayer, but you've got children, well then maybe ask someone else, or come back. Equally, the activity that was going on, if you still would like to do something, it's still there. Feel free to use it. There's teas and coffees. I pray that God has blessed you this morning, and that you go out from this place with something special and new in your heart. Thank you.